Hi guys, I hope y'all are having a great day. My name is Kavya Menon and I'm one of the members of the podcast team of Keep Girls Educated, an organization created to raise awareness for the lack of education girls receive worldwide and provide resources to young women on their journey to success. Welcome to the KGE podcast. To introduce myself a little bit, I'm currently a junior at Lakeside High School in Augusta, Georgia. I currently want to go into the medical field, and I have an adorable six-year-old beagle mix named Corey. So today, I will be having a guest on the podcast. We have with us today my friend Anu, and I'm going to give her a little bit of time to introduce herself and what this topic means to her. Hey guys, I'm Anu Palai, and I also go to Lakeside High School, and I'm a senior this year, so that's exciting. Um, I want to go into law and political science, and so this topic is super, super important to me, and I really, really do care about this issue, and so I was so excited when Kavya asked me to be on this amazing podcast. Um, Speaking of podcasts, I do have my own and it's called Pink Moon Politics on and you can find it anywhere you can get your podcast. So if anyone's interested, please check it out. And if we're talking about dogs, I also have a dog and her name is Phoebe. So yeah, I'm a very, very big fan of the show, friends. So our topic that we wanted to discuss today, because we are both children of immigrant parents, is girls' education in India. I feel like the best thing to do here is to give a little bit of background to this whole situation so everyone has a little bit of context to the current situations happening in India right now. In 2009, India passed the Right to Education Act, or the RTE. The act makes education a fundamental right of every child between the ages of 6 and 14. The government is required to provide free and compulsory education for kids between 6 and 14. And this includes the cost of school books and uniforms if the child cannot pay for it themselves. The passage of this act made India one of the 135 countries in the world that considered education a fundamental right for the 192 million children that live there, which is such an insane number. The reason why we are discussing the Right to Education Act is because it was definitely a big stride forward in helping encourage families to send their girls to school. RTE was definitely a big step for India because it not only promised the right to an education, it also promised to improve infrastructure and hire more teachers. At the time, only 46% of public schools even had toilets for girls, one of the reasons why many parents did not want to send their kids to school. But there are also a lot of different reasons as well, which we'll get into. So fast forward to now, a decade after the RTE bill was implemented. The RTE definitely has brought girls back to school. In 2006, 10.3% of girls between the ages of 11 to 14 were out of school. In 2018, the figure stood at 4.1%, a significant decline. In 2008, more than 20% of girls between the age of 15 to 16 were out of school, as opposed to the 13.5% in 2018. This is all according to the 2018 annual status of um, education reports that were released in January of 2019. Earlier, we mentioned the lack of girls' toilets. Safety for girls has definitely improved in schools um, for girls all around India. The proportion of schools with usable girls' toilets has doubled since 2010, while schools with boundary walls, which ensured a, which ensured a safer environment for girls, increased by 13.4% to 64.4% in 2018. 
So with all these numbers and statistics, you might be wondering why so many girls are still unable to go to school in India. And the main answer is housework, although it's so much more than just that one single thing. So especially in rural areas where mothers step out of the house to do their jobs, whether it's a farmer or another type of labor, the girls are forced to do pretty much all the housework around their house. So this is another reason why as girls get older, they're less likely to stay in school. As you grow up, you can do more and more housework activities like cooking that you previously weren't able to do. And then on top of that, you will have younger siblings, so they become a priority because you have to take care of them. In a report last year, the National Commission for Protection of Child Rights had said around 40% of 15 to 18-year-old girls were out of school. And among them, almost 65% were engaged in household work. And this emphasis on women staying home and doing housework really has a lot of impact. As of 2019, Indian women contributed only 18% to the country's GDP, one of the lowest in the world, and only 25% of India's labor force was women. India could potentially add an insane amount of $770 billion to the country's GDP by 2025 by encouraging girls to study and participate in the workforce, according to a recent gender parity report. The same institute that conducted this gender disparity report found that Indian women perform nearly 10 times more unpaid care work than men, almost three times the global average, and housework accounts for a large majority of this. So I know up until this point, this podcast has sounded pretty by the book, but I definitely want it to have a conversational tone as well, rather than us just throwing a bunch of facts at you guys. I mentioned earlier how we are both daughters of Indian immigrants, and Indian culture has definitely been a big aspect of our lives. We both speak other languages, we are in contact with our family back home, and we have been to India several times. So I wanted to ask Anu how she feels Indian culture and the general social mindset in India has influenced her mom's education. So do you feel like it hasn't stopped her at all, or were there some obstacles along the way, people who doubted her? And what is you and your mom's personal experience with housework? Do you feel like that it is a big part of Indian culture, is women being the ones who do the housework? Um, I think for my mom personally, her parents were not really an obstacle or anything. They really did encourage her to you know, chase her dreams and continue an education. And she even came to the United States and has an, oh, an incredible job here too. So um, I don't think she faced as many obstacles as many other Indians do and other girls back home do. Um, and like, that's the same with the way they've brought me up too. You know, like that mindset where, oh, like all Indian kids have to go into either math or science or whatever. Um, I've never, ever faced that. And my parents are very encouraging and want me to do whatever I want. You know, the only thing is like, whatever you choose to do, be the best at it. And um, so, yeah, I've been very, very blessed in that way. And so, and even with like housework and stuff, um, maybe it's because we live in the States, but it's like always split up. Sometimes my dad does the dishes and then sometimes we're the ones that do the dishes and this and that. So it's like um, a family thing, you know, like after dinner, everybody helps around the house to clean up and before parties or any other events, like everyone's always running around the house and helping. So I do really believe though, like it is a big part of Indian culture for the women to do the housework. And you can see that when you go back home, but, um, 
in my personal experience, it hasn't really been that extreme. So I wanted to share a little bit of my family's experience as well. My mom's parents had no problem with her getting an education and they actually encouraged it from a young age. So she was very privileged in that sense because many girls in India are not that lucky. When she got to the age where she was finishing school and getting to the point where she was about to go into a career, my grandma actually gave her a choice. She said, now you have the freedom to decide what you want to do. So it is up to you whether you want to pursue your education further or be a housewife. Either way, I'll support you no matter what. And my mom chose her education and she is currently in dentistry as a professor of radiology. This mindset of supporting education for your daughters can definitely be seen in my family. My grandma's dad, my great-grandpa, had four daughters, and he was very supportive in making sure they all completed their education. All four of them went on to have very successful careers. Two of them were teachers, one of them retired as a bank manager, which was very impressive, especially at the time, and my grandma had a government job as a dentist and even opened her own private practice. And at the time, it was almost unheard of for women to even complete their high school education, let alone, you know, have successful careers, even with families and husbands. And my grandma really raised my mom and my aunt with that mindset of being supportive of their education. And my aunt went on to get an advanced degree in Ayurvedic medicine, which for those of you who don't know, Ayurvedic medicine is a natural form of medicine that was developed thousands of years ago in India, and it's a very common form of healthcare in India. So I am so incredibly grateful to all the strong women in my family every single day because they've really taught me to be grateful for my education. So earlier I said the reason so many Indian girls aren't in school is so much more than just housework. It's also a social mindset, which Anu and I wanted to talk about today. The main reason why Indian women are told to do housework is because when they get married to a man, they almost always live with the man's family. So then they're expected to basically run the house there, cook, clean, take care of the man's parents. So it's not that girls don't want to go to school, but when you add up all the other responsibilities of taking care of a house, it becomes a lot. On top of that, when a woman makes her job and career one of her top priorities, she may be judged by family members. And to understand why that's so important, you have to understand a concept that's very, very common in a lot of areas around the world. So one thing that's really emphasized in a lot of Asian cultures is societal values and that you kind of have to follow the rules because that's the way it's always been in order to maintain the harmony and order of society. And there are a lot of really good values in that because it kind of places um, a lot of emphasis on not being selfish and respecting your elders and having good family values. But this mindset can be super harmful because it makes many women feel as if they're selfish when they would rather get a job and and then just stay at home. Um, And it's not necessarily that women don't want an education, but when you're faced with this like social mindset of fitting in with the harmony of society, getting an education seems less of a priority. I think it's also super important to touch a little bit on, obviously, the current situation with the global COVID-19 pandemic. If you didn't know, India had currently topped over 2 million cases at the time I wrote this podcast outline, actually overtaking the U.S. for the highest number of cases in a single day. I encourage everyone right after they listen to this podcast to go look up the number of cases in India yourself. But currently, there are 320 million students in India right now and almost all schools have switched to online learning. However, there's a huge divide in India between the people who have the privilege of internet and people who don't. 
A 2018 national sample survey showed only 23.7% of houses had internet access, and this divide can be seen in genders too, with males being the primary users of mobile internet. 36% of men had access to mobile internet compared to 16% of women. So kind of going along with this, many girls are discouraged to stay in school due to a lot of different things. Um, one of them being government-provided meals. So a lot of parents put their kids in school so they can get a nutritional, government-mandated lunch. But government funds have recently been diverted to the pandemic response, so many schools have stopped offering free meals. In April and May alone, due to the pandemic, nearly 12 million women lost their jobs, which discourages women from continuing their education. It's actually estimated that nearly 10 million girls in India could drop out of school because of the pandemic, putting them at risk for child marriage, early pregnancy, and violence. So to kind of wrap this up, this is definitely just the tip of the iceberg regarding issues and girls' education all around the world. Again, the mission of Keep Girls Educated is to spread awareness about the lack of girls' education all around the world and empower women. And I hope me and my friend Anu could do that for you today. It's actually India's Independence Day today, August 15th, at the time we are recording this. So happy Independence Day to all Indian listeners, whether you live in India, whether you call India your home, or if you are a child of immigrant parents like me and Anu, happy Independence Day from us to you. And whether you are from India or not, we definitely hope you learned something from this episode. But before we go, we just wanted to share a couple organizations you could go donate to, Instagram accounts you can follow, books you can read. Yeah, so two of my favorite organizations are called Nanhi Kali and Care. And both of these are based in India. So if you want to donate, I really suggest looking at don't um charities and organizations that are based in India so you know exactly where your money is going. And both of these charities um, try to raise money to provide school material and educational resources to kids um, maybe from low-caste communities or that really don't have the financial means to get an education. And both of these websites have really, really good information too. So even if you can't donate, just paying a visit to this website really will open your mind to a lot of things. A book that I really like is called Reaching for the Sky, and it's by um, Urvashi Sanhi. I think I said her name right. But um, it's about empowering girls through education, and it's a really, really good book. Of course, I am Malala. Um, there are a lot of really, really good websites and books that you can always read to keep yourself educated on what's going on, and um, a lot of really awesome places to donate to. One of the places you can not only use to donate, but also to educate yourself is the Malala Fund website, where you can donate and learn about girls' education in a variety of countries, including India. As for Instagram accounts, make sure to follow KGE's Instagram, which is at keepgirlseducated, where you will find a link to our website with more information, as well as articles that are published three times a week if you want to gain further insight into what we do. Our podcast will be uploaded twice a week on Sundays and Thursdays with lots of different speakers and topics with everything from mental health to arranged marriage. So make sure to subscribe. And with that, I'd like to conclude our podcast for today. Thank you so much to Anu for being here today. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review her podcast. Once again, the name is Pink Moon Politics on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Thank you all so much for listening and have a great day.